Welcome to Disney Animation Minute Essentials, where we are going through Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs one minute at a time. I'm Kestra Dorowski. And I'm Andrew Dorowski. And we are joined for the last time this week and this film by John Dorowski. Thank you. Sorry, this is the last day. I'm going to miss you guys. Yeah. Well, it, it happens. We have to make room for other guests. They have to share their bit. Yeah. Well, I've been preparing really well for this minute. I felt like on some of the other minutes of this week, I missed out on some details. So I took the day off and just put this minute on loop for 10 hours or so. Uh, should you have everything down now? All right. You've got every detail. You squeezed all the minute out of this minute. <laughs> yeah. Well, it all sorts of blends together after a few hours. So, well, I might go off my notes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, today we are talking about Minute 30, which starts with the dwarf bashful, I believe it is, uh, looking into a cup very, very sadly. And then it ends with a bunch of dwarfs uh, um, piled underneath a shelf with a bunch of dishes falling onto them. Uh, speaking of a pile of dwarfs, John, you've had a story you've teased us about uh, behind the scenes and I would like you today to share with us finally the full story of what is meant by the Swiss uh, fairy tale, The Death of the Dwarfs? Yes, this is a, a folk tale from Switzerland called The Death of the Seven Dwarfs. <clears throat> Let me put on my reading voice. On one of the high plains between Brugge and Waldschut, near the Black Forest, Seven dwarves lived together in a small house. Late one evening, an attractive young peasant girl, who was lost and hungry, approached them and requested shelter for the night. The dwarves had only seven beds, and they fell to arguing with one another, for each one wanted to give up his bed for the girl. Finally, the oldest one took the girl into his bed. Before they could fall asleep, a peasant woman appeared before their house, knocked on the door, and asked to be let inside. The girl got up immediately and told the woman that the dwarves had only seven beds and that there was no room for, there for anyone else. With this, the woman became very angry and accused the girl of being a, shall we say, woman of ill repute, thinking that she was cohabitating with all seven men. Threatening to make a quick end to such evil business, she went away in a rage. That same night, she returned with two men whom she had brought up from the bank of the Rhine. They immediately broke into the house and killed the seven dwarves. They buried the bodies outside in a, the garden and burned the house to the ground. No one knows what became of the girl. It's a really weird take on the Snow White story. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like the version in the movie better. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, this but, is a... Is it, I know this is a Swiss tale, but reads more like a Swedish tale with that bleak sense of nihilism. <laughs> um, is, there, is there moral? Like, are they teaching somebody something with this story? Um, there's still a lesson about jealousy in there. Um, maybe something about misunderstandings, making sure you have the full information before you make judgments. 
All right. Okay. <laughs> I guess. Um, don't ask seven men to if you could stay the night. Yeah. All you right. Know, you know, I, really, I don't think those, it works as well as the one we have. <laughs> no, but you know, it's one of those really basic ones like uh, Red Riding Hood. Don't go into a house yeah. where a wolf's there. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's something straightforward about it yeah. um, and simple, yeah. I guess. But I still uh, prefer the the film we're discussing. So we're in maybe, minute maybe thirty. We get back to well, the happier tone, the Snow White yeah. version. Yes. Um. Uh, the sugar's gone. The sugar's gone. He's so sad, but I don't understand at all maybe, what he's talking about. Maybe he has tea with a lot of sugar. And then, like, it piles up and he doesn't get it all down, so it's all ways around the rim of the... This still, like... I don't know. That's not sanitary or hygienic. It's gross. Do, do you think the dwarfs are sanitary and hygienic? No. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but goodness, like I'm so confused about the sugar though. Well, this brings up an interesting question. Where would they get the sugar? Where do they get food? And while they could carve several of those things in their house, where do they get uh, clothes and dishes? Um, Especially since do they steal it all? <gasps> but well, in what time? <laughs> they they work Saturdays. every day. Well, All no, day. We don't know if they work every day. This could be That's one of the, those things where, you know, six days on, one day off. This Christian country yeah. here, even though we have magic. One day off for theft of food. Well, but they are, you know, if, if we are going with the version where they are cursed to right. work in the mine. Then maybe they don't. I mean, even a curse has got to give you a weekend. Do they, though? Snow well, might you know, get a weekend off yeah. from working at the castle. I don't know. She gets to go out well, in the field and pick flowers with the huntsman. No, that was under orders. Go pick flowers. And and, <laughs> and that was evidently on a work day because the dwarves were working. Yeah. yeah. Well, also, you know, if they're, if they're cursed to work every day, you know, maybe we're dealing with premature aging. Maybe they're not actually that old. Every day, you just get yeah, they, tired they, and worn out. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they look old, but they could be their 20s. That's possible. Now, I still don't op- know where they're getting food. Yeah. Well, another option is if they do get a day off, do they go trade in a nearby town? But if they do, wouldn't the townspeople be suspicious of them paying with jewels? Perhaps they uh, rely solely on deliveries from wandering people with baskets full of whatever apples sugar clothes i don't know maybe that's how trade works in this town primitive (laughs) a primitive form of amazon we send a bird out saying i i need the with a list of things i need and uh some other animal brings it back it could be um the trade and economic system in this kingdom isn't especially clear Nothing's especially what? clear. Wait, you're you're saying the social political situation in a fairy tale isn't detailed? <laughs> Not in this case, but it's their first one. I'm sure Disney will improve at that. Right. Uh huh. Yeah. Sure. But yeah, so we've dealt with with the the lack of sugar in the cup. But there's also other food 
going on in this house, which there wasn't before. Like we saw them clean that that fireplace. But it does it does back away from her cleaning. So maybe she finished cleaning and then yes. finished and then did some. She cooking. was cleaning around like twelve one o'clock. Yeah. And then we cut back at after five. So yeah. she could have cooked after cleaning. I don't, I don't know the amount of work that house needed four hours. There's a lot probably, of work, but yeah, she had a lot of helpers. Enough. Yeah. So many chipmunks. Well, are you saying those helpers helped cut thing, <laughs> cut vegetables for the stew? I'm assuming know. it's, I'm assuming it's a stew in there. Uh, almost certainly. I would suspect. I well, mean, that's, it's basically what you can cook in a pot like that. Yeah. I, I had a theory. I had a theory that maybe the dwarves had prepared it beforehand, but then they wouldn't be surprised that there's soup there. They'd just be surprised that it's cooking. Yeah. And of course, the only the only explanation for all of this, somebody came in and cleaned, and then there's something cooking on the stove, which must mean it's poison or a witch's brew. Because witches come into your house and clean before they try to kill you. I think I would say that witches are probably clean. They're, they uh, value cleanliness. Mm, I don't know because I would say that the wicked queen has a number of witch-like qualities, especially down in her dungeon, and there is some untidy space there. Yeah, but she has some Snow White cleaning the castle every day too. But I don't know if Snow- I don't I don't think she would let Snow, Snow White, White clean yeah, the, clean the office. Clean the layer. Yes. It's like you get to clean maybe, everything except my space. It's maybe like I'm you thinking just more, don't go in the West Wing. Yeah. Maybe I'm thinking more of a wizard than a witch. You know, or Perhaps. organized ingredients where you need to know where everything is and you have a clean workspace so the uh random stuff's not getting into your a spell or a mixture. Yeah, you you don't want, you know, any of the powdered frog tongue mixing in with the mummy dust mm-hmm. or anything like that. Like it it's just going to ruin the recipe and who knows what you're going to get. Yeah. Um but yeah, so at some point she she probably possibly the dwarves had already set up, you know, their cooking stuff. She just lit the fire and and set the table. Or, or, and set or, the table. Or stable, as Doc yes. says. Well, um, this brings up a different question for me, which is, who is a worse detective, Snow White or the dwarves? Because when Snow White enters the house... She thinks first it's children she, without a mother. Yeah, first thing is that she thinks it's dirty, but then she sees the small chair and says, oh, this children must live here, ignoring the pickaxe in the table. Mm-hmm. Uh even though, again, this was a time period where children went to work at a very young age. Uh, so but, children might have pickaxes. Yeah, but uh, ignoring some other details in there and uh, also how children could be surviving without adult supervision in this, te- in this little house where we, uh-huh. don't know where, where we don't know where they get a food supply. Right. But then the dwarves come in and... See a clean house. Well, not just that. The first thing they notice is... Oh, the floor's clean. The the ceilings doesn't have cobwebs. The window's clean. Oh, someone set the table and then cooked food. Like, those are the last things you notice. But they, they also take a minute to 
notice that the floor is clean. Notice that there's something off. Yeah, they don't they don't say anything till they're in the middle of the house. Yeah, and they've been searching for a bit. Um, whereas if if I came home and saw like um, something out was clean that wasn't clean before, or or something, there's nothing ever not clean in our home, that, that's, sweetheart. That's, true everything is always clean the dishes are always done the floor is always swept yeah yeah Mm -hmm. you're right so this would obviously not be in our current home but Um, hypothetically hypothetically if we lived in a pigsty which we do not but we lived with all this dust surrounding us and And cobwebs um i the first thing i would notice was that the, there's no dust. There's no cobwebs. The, this is like a clean house. It is nothing like how we left it. I'm amazed that they didn't notice the freshly swept dirt at the porch <laughs> <laughs> from from the last time we saw. Yeah. This, like panning away from the house, Snow White was was sweeping very well. Um, not on the step of the porch, but like at the dirt. <laughs> Well, it is night. You're not going to pick up on something that in the dark. But that brings up another issue of how light works in this house. If uh, some crazy shadows, like crazy shadows, but also you're able to see the floors clean. There's no cobwebs before you notice the well-lit table with flowers and the stew. Yeah. So there's some crazy stuff going on with light and shadow in this house. Their, Their order of investigation is... Intriguing. Yes. Yes. Um, also, those are not the flowers that the birds brought in. No, they were bringing in daffodils, and then these flowers are goldenrod. Yeah, definitely not the same. I don't think the vase is the same, and the table doesn't look the same either. But it doesn't seem like there's another table over by a window. But maybe there is in the other section of the house. Like the, I don't know. the layout of this house, like I don't have the blueprint. Yeah. But I wouldn't mind having the blueprint. I feel like it would right. help to be able to like get the view from the top down and say, okay, here's the dining table. There's like, the cupboard. Yeah. Um, here's um, the organ. Yeah. We don't see the organ in this minute. I don't think we do. That's no. Interesting. But that's also been cleaned. Yes. So... Kind of poorly, though, I think. You you didn't care for the just swinging the dust rag <laughs> yeah. at the organ? That didn't clean it. Um, um, and then I wanted to say that who, if you knew someone who has severe I was gonna say hay, fe- hay fever, it, it, you, you, if you call you put, someone sneezy... Would you put goldenrod underneath their nose? Uh, I would put nothing nose? under their nose ever if I called someone sneezy. <laughs> Say, hey, Sneezy. Here, have anything. some goldenrod. Like, nothing. Right up like, nothing. Nothing. No, like, you can't no, do anything no. to their nose, ever. No. Well, and then the dwarves run over and put their fingers under Sneezy's nose to stop him from and, sneezing. And lift him up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Has that ever worked in real life? This uh, is a common trope in animation, but have you ever been I able don't to know how it's supposed to work. <laughs> yeah. I would think, like, maybe if you're, like, stopping them from breathing in beforehand, like... But just putting one finger underneath, you wouldn't really get to the nostrils. You yeah, I don't know. blocking it. I think, but I think that's what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to, like, block the nostrils, and then that way you're not inhaling through your nose and activating the sneeze receptors. I don't I know. Just, I was I was practicing it. I was just going to say, we're, 
we all just tried practicing it, didn't we? Because I tried it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't like. But every cartoon does this as a way know. to stop sneezing. <laughs> yeah. And well, frankly, I don't think you should ever really try to not sneeze. I think sneezing is supposed to happen. Like it means you've got something in your system that your body wants to get out. So let the sneezing happen. Yeah. Um, uh, you cover, got... cover yourself, but get it out. Well, that's what I say. Perhaps this is also another sign that these are not master criminals. Their, that, their uh, stealth is not on point. Yeah. No. And then it's, it's not even successful. It it's because even in cartoons, it always seems to be momentarily successful. Mm-hmm. And then they sneeze as soon as you take a finger away. Um, yeah. And in this case, the too blusterous effect, it yeah. doesn't work. It's, crazy sneeze it blows chairs and and, and at and, least five of the dwarfs yeah and and grumpy's trying to to fight, fight against, against it like it. and it's prolonged this is a multi-second gust two it's like three seconds i think yeah like three, it's enough time for four. some people to get blown by and then for grumpy to try and walk against it <laughs> And, and then they all end up in a pile anyway, which I suspect they should, they should know that this is what Sneezy does and they should have like handholds and grips around the house, <laughs> if not harnesses. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not all of his sneezes are like that. Maybe, but right now we have an example, I believe of 100%. <laughs> Yes. At least until next week. Yes, yes, yes. So, a normal sneeze, if I remember correctly, I'm not research- searching the recesses of my mind here accurately, but is uh, several is like 200 miles per hour. It's it's a lot of miles per hour. Yeah. I think a cough is about 60, and a sneeze is significantly faster. Yeah, I thought I I thought it was 200, I, but. Uh, again, but that's only am, with you know the expulsionary force of your lungs at most. Yeah. So, um, is is this another sign that they're actually magical creatures and not cursed humans? That you have this super powerful sneeze. What if they were cursed with these powers? They were well, cursed with their qualities. Yeah, so, and so sleepy say, no, they, is in a perpetual state of sleepiness. So they're cursed and, to. Well, I think sleepy and happy kind of, is cursed to be happy. That kind of runs against your original curse of having them mine all day. Yeah, for, you have for to misery. You, you yeah, have happy to mine all day, it? but be happy too. Yeah, okay. Happy is not quite panning out, but unless, sneezing unless, and sleepy. Doc doesn't really have a specific. Yeah, his his. his he's cursed speaking. with. He's cursed with knowledge, which is in some ways the greatest curse of all, yes. isn't it? No, <laughs> this could work. This could work for Happy, if internally he's still feeling he's all his screaming. verbal emotions. Yeah, he, but he can only on the outside be happy. Oh. Uh. And the other, and like grumpy, (laughs) cannot only be grumpy on the outside, but inside he has so many emotions. He has so many feelings. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I could. I could take that as part of the curse. So then, do we have some yin and yangs going on? 
Like you have mm. Happy and Grumpy. You have Doc. But there's and only seven. Yeah, that's where. Uh, that's why I said some Yin and Yang. Bashful, Sleepy, and Sneezy are the outliers. I would say Sneezy's probably the outlier. You'd say Bashful and Sleepy are contrary. Hmm. I feel like those three don't. I, I don't think any of those three can really be pitted against each other as a Yin and Yang thing. But the other ones do seem to line up. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, the Disney animators didn't think through this far enough. Come on, guys. <laughs> where's our where's our symbolism to recognize 70 years in the future <laughs> yeah you needed uh, you need to know all the all the literary theories that are going to be applied in the future that haven't been invented yet yeah 80 years 80 70. years yeah well i was rounding down it's 79 right now i know I didn't want to round up to 80. <laughs> you didn't want to round up the 1 to 80, but you wanted to round down the 9 to 70? Sure. Okay, whatever. <laughs> it was a rough statement. <laughs> um, I don't have anything else on this minute. Do you? Neither do I. You know, I could look John. up some more fairy tales with depressing endings. Uh, no, no um, I, I think we're good. Happy, happy Friday, well, we everyone. Do, we do have one question that we've been asking every guest. It's true. Um, so we'll ask you this. Do you find Snow White's voice annoying? I haven't watched enough to say. And I'll be honest here. I don't know if I've ever seen Snow White all the way through. Again, I know the I feeling. Yeah, I mentioned this before that this one that gets quoted so much so you see those bits and pieces and you know the highlights and so you feel like you've seen it. Um, and I don't know if I've actually heard her speak enough to say if it's annoying or not. Mm-hmm. So I will for now say no. Yes. But with an asterisk <laughs> by it. All right. Um, so a soft no. Yes. Yes. Nearly an abstention. Yeah. All right. Well, because her singing voice is fine, but I don't know about speaking enough. Yeah, that's um, where we are. We do not find it as annoying as we think we probably ought to find it. Mm-hmm. I I find it annoying Je- when it's just singing. When it's just singing and you don't see the animation with it. But in the film, you like it. Because of her tremolo, which is no longer a... a it's 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 her vibrato, but it's more of a tremolo, and, and it's it was in style for singing back then, and it's no longer in style. Mm-hmm. So it, I, being classically trained in voice, um, find it quite annoying. But yeah, it, it definitely mostly is. Mostly when I just see it without or hear it without animation. Yeah, it is definitely an older style of singing. Mm-hmm. Yes, and. When I meet Snow White in the parks, that I, I do find it a bit annoying then. But that's an actress putting on a facade. Yeah. Yeah, real life is different from watching this fantasy world of animation. Yes. All right. Well, that'll do for this whole week. Happy Friday. We hope you've enjoyed having our guest John Dorowski in your ears. And we will be back next week, hopefully with a new guest. We need to get one set up. <laughs> Um, we'll be back next week with more of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Until then, 
please share us with your friends and give us good reviews and ratings and all that. Uh, you can find some information about us at protagonistpodcast.com slash dame. And we will be back next week. And until then, just whistle while you work. <laughs>